Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Tie-Dye Podcast. Uh, I'm James Mappin and as ever I'm joined by Jamie Alcroft and former Al Giles Cook. Uh, I'll come to you Jamie first. Uh, how are you mate? You alright? Yeah, I'm not bad at all. Good. Now, uh, we aren't saying his name. I know it's pointless because I know listeners will know who he is because of the title of the podcast. But what were your memories of this player that we're about to be speaking to? Well, for, for a start, um, this, this, Chris, this will happen a lot where I said things because I'm funny. and You've just said his I name, will- mate. And, yeah, but well, so I'm the Christmas. It could be Chris Marsden, it could be Chris Iwalumu, it could be Chris Rock. Anyway, when I say funny things, Chris, and I say like I love players and stuff like this, Giles is always like, oh, here we go. So just just get used to that, right? So my best memories, like the first season went down in Leicester away, one of my first games. And you remember that game with the goals we scored? So you scored a beauty, then Whelan scored when it hit bar and went in. And then Tudgate went. Can you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all in court. Everything we hit went then. What? Everything we hit went then. We only had four shots the whole game and all three of them went in the top corner, didn't we? Before we even talk about that, I've got a great question for you. You know, in that game, you scored the first first penalty, right? Who was the guy that got that penalty for us? You were on loan for one month. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one, isn't it? Nobody's got this question right. It's harder than Takeshi's castle, this. I know who it is as well. I, I, I just can't remember his name. I'm not, I'm not um, going to put it and tell you because I actually don't know. I forgot his name. Andrews. <laughs> oh, Andrews. Andrews. Yes. I, yeah, it was something Andrews, yeah. Anyway. So, I, hope he's not, I hope he's not watching this podcast. This, yeah, this, like... this podcast isn't about him anyway. It's about me and you, Chris. So, <laughs> that, game, <laughs> that game there, Leicester, I, I put it out and I put it on my Facebook group as well and I said, best goal you've seen Chris Bunt score at Hillsborough go. And it's just, there's just that many like listeners. We've said, "What well, ask him questions? What you want?" And all they've all said, "Has he ever scored a tap in?" Like loads of loads, that's literally what it's been like. But Jamie, are you going to let me finish this intro? Or what? No. Well, what the fuck are you interrupting? I'll Google his name. You finish your intros. It was Wayne. Wayne. That's Wayne Andrews. Uh, right, Giles. Giles. Cut, let the James talk. Right. Well, everyone seems. Well, everyone knows it's Chris Brunt that we've got, that we've got on the podcast. So you've just basically messed it all up, Jamie. But it's all right. We'll just freestyle it. Well, I know. Yeah, it's world's worst best James, like, worst kept honestly, secret. James, James, how excited has he been that Chris is coming? That, like, is on. Oh man, how excited? Like, we're trying to embarrass me. He's been like a little oh. kid. I mean, even Chris, more so honestly, than he normally he's is. Going on about it for about a week. Non-spot. Yeah, but you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Like you're, you're, think, you're going to think I'm taking piss again now, but Chris will admit this. He FaceTime it last three nights when I've been going to bed and he's been bothering me. It's not been the other way around. Hold on a minute. He tried to crack us earlier as well and I didn't laugh. Yeah, oh yeah, listen. I did a very funny joke earlier, Giles, right? When when we were talking, I went to him. Are you coming home from holiday? Yeah. So I did a video on myself on WhatsApp and I went, yeah, hold on a minute. Just talking to my new best mate. I'll see you later. And then I stopped recording. Oh shit. And he just read it, didn't reply. So I messaged him. What the fuck? Why are you not replying? That was funny. He went, sorry, I was getting on plane. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Right now, uh, you, you, you all know it is. It's uh, it's Chris Brunt. Like I said, you've, you pl- you played 149 games for the, for the Owls, scored 25 goals. As Jamie's already alluded to, no tappings, or well, mainly screamers. Uh, obviously, you're part of that 2005 promotion side that infamously won at Cardiff uh, on that on that memorable day. Um, first of all, Chris, I mean, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, nothing. Um, obviously, I've just uh, well, I haven't played since last December, so. Um, 
I was sort of half waiting to see how, how I reacted after um, injury problems and that I sort of just, do we told myself I sort of lost a bit of love for football over the last year. So um, it was yeah. an easy decision, easy decision for me to retire, to be honest. And yeah, it's, it's been nice. I've been able to, to be about over the summer holidays with the with the kids and stuff. And uh, my little lad plays, he, he just started playing a bit more seriously over the last few months. Like So it's been nice to be around to take him to his games and his training and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, what we could do I'm with, all good. What we could do with is somebody bottom corner of the screen doing the sign language. To the, <laughs> to what? To, <laughs> those, you know, I'm going to have to try and start understanding. I love the accent, because obviously I love you, but it's really hard to understand. <laughs> no, no problem. Is this, is, is, this somebody, is this somebody from Sheffield taking the piss out of my accent? Yeah, sorry, mate. Uh, really? Sorry, mate. God, what were we like when you when you when you came up? Was it came down to Sheffield? Yeah, you're you're at Middlesbrough, weren't you? So, uh, uh, yeah, what what were it like trying to trying to understand everyone from Sheffield then? <laughs> oh no, it was all right. Uh, like you say, it was more the other way around. To be totally honest, um, yeah. But no, look, I, I I love Sheffield from from straight away from when I, when I went down. Like obviously, uh, I got released from Middlesbrough and went on trial a couple of places and. Didn't have an over. I actually spent a couple of weeks at Darlington when they were still in the football league, and yeah. um, they were quite keen to sign me. And uh, my my youth team coach was Mark Proctor at Middlesbrough, and he used to play with Chris Turner at Sheffield Wednesday for a couple of seasons during the eighties. And he yeah. said to Chris Turner to, to, to have a look at us. And I'd been to Cardiff for a week the week before, and, and really didn't enjoy it. Like I, I had a pretty bad time down there. Actually, I was training in a. Do you remember when you used to play five sides in school in the school gym with like a fuzzy yellow ball? Oh yeah. yeah, on the wooden floors, like, on yeah. the wooden floors of the benches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've gone down to Cardiff and ended up training in a gym with the youth team. And you know, like I'd been just released from from Middlesbrough's youth team, and I sort of ended up training with their youth team in a school gym. And I was promised a game, uh, a reserve game on a Thursday, I think it was. <clears throat> and then on the Wednesday afternoon, the, the manager dropped seven first team players into the reserve team game, so we didn't even get to play. I got to play about fifteen minutes of the game, and I'd been there the whole week, and I just didn't enjoy Please. it. So I. Don't, can I ask you a question while you're touching on that? Because Giles said this. We had Giles on for an interview before he started hosting his wheels. And he said, because you're sort of similar, where you didn't play sort of first team and stuff like that before you came to Wednesday. And Giles said, when he mm. came to Wednesday, that's when he felt like you were actually a footballer. You know, with fans and a, a big... Do you, do you think about the same? Do you feel the same about it? Or Yeah, massively. I mean, like obviously Middlesbrough was, Middlesbrough was a good Premier League club at the time. They, they just won the League Cup when I had time. Just the, the day before I signed for Sheffield Wednesday, Middlesbrough won the League Cup in, in Cardiff. And uh, do you know when you leave a Premier League team, you sort of, I'd always wanted to play in the Premier League yeah. when I was uh, no no age, like in, in my mum's back garden in mum and dad's house. Like So um, getting released from Middlesbrough was disappointing. But, you know, when you go down the road and you see, obviously, obviously I, knew, I knew a lot about Sheffield Wednesday because they were such a big club with a big history and stuff like that. And, you know, when you, you go into Hillsborough and you got, I played a couple of reserve team games in an empty Hillsborough and, you know, you're sort of just looking around thinking, well, this is actually as big a club as Middlesbrough, if not bigger, like, you know, even though there were a couple of divisions below. So, no, that was a massive draw for me. And then, the, you know, the first few games, I think the first game I was involved against was, uh, I was on the bench oh, against... Oh, yeah. No, I was on the bench the week before, uh, the two weeks before against Chesterfield at Saltergate, which was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we lost, we lost 2-0, actually. Like, and it was proper, like, you know, we, we were really struggling as well. Uh, that, that season, we didn't do very well at all. But then I think I played about 10 minutes the next week at Hillsborough against Bournemouth. I came yeah. off the bench 
And then my first full game was where we played against Brighton at, at Hillsborough the following week. Yeah, but, you know, if to go from a kid playing under 19 football at Middlesbrough to then all, all of a sudden be playing in front of 20, 22, 23,000 at Hillsborough was was brilliant, yeah. Chrissy, did you go on trial? Or did they just sign Yeah, you? yeah. No, no, I went on trial. I was I went down. That's what I was saying, just about Cardiff. Had a bad experience at Cardiff and then went to Sheffield, went Sheffield Wednesday the following week and uh, uh, got taken down, sort of landed there on a Monday morning. And I don't think anybody was sort of... I think there had been a bit of a mix-up between the reserve team and the first team, and I just sort of ended up training with the first team, like, and um, yeah, pretty much just stayed there after that. I did quite well in training, and yeah. you know, I played played a couple of reserve games, and they they took my contract over to the end of the season once minutes were released. Now I want to uh, I want to backtrack a, a little bit. So, like, obviously you're you're a young lad, grew up in Belfast. Now I know it's obviously a football podcast. I know obviously you primarily talk about Sheffield Wednesday, but I mean, were it tough growing up in you know in Belfast? We all what were going off at the at the time, you know, when you were a young young kid. Um, the two pair of baggy shirts. <laughs> yeah, they still they still they've only got those baggy shirts in Belfast now. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> you still got any then? I've got one in a. I've only got one one Wednesday shirt. The one that I, uh, from the season we got promoted. It's in a frame down, uh, with the medal. That's the only one I've got. Um, You're sending me after. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's one of the only medals I've got, so you can't have that. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, look! Obviously, Belfast is what it is. Like you know, it's, it's good parts and bad parts of it. And, and, and we were quite lucky, to be fair. We we were we lived sort of just on the outskirts, and we never really seen an awful lot of stuff like. But you know, it's just part and parcel of living there, isn't it? You just get on with it, and you you're used yeah. to it. I mean, like my <clears throat> sorry, my 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 a lot of my family were. And they they were members of the, in the police and stuff as well. Like so, you sort of you you, you seen yeah. when you heard about other things like what you know, you, like your mom and dad. Mom and dad did a pretty good job of shielding all us from from that sort of stuff. Anyway, so no, we were pretty lucky. So, I, as a young lad from Ireland, then end up in Middlesbrough of all places. I mean, did you did you pull <laughs> short straw? Or I mean, I've been to, I've been to Middlesbrough a few times, and no disrespect to any of our Teesside listeners, but it's not the most of glamorous of places. You know, he says. Living in Rotherham, um, yeah. although I like to think I live in a, a nice, a nice area. Rotherham. You live in Rotherham next to Sheffield, but it's not a derby. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Chris, but yeah, anyway, Sheffield went to be Rotherham. Is that a derby? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Boom. End of chat. We had this debate last week, so uh, of course it is. <laughs> Look at your answer. Of course it is. We had. We, we said what we'll do. Right. We put a tweet out. We said we'll settle this once and for all. Is Wednesday be Rotherham a derby? Right. And me and Giles are going. What the fuck are you taking piss? Anyway. It's a local derby, isn't it? 520 votes, and it was 260 yes, 260 no. And it's the, no, it's not a derby. Sheffield United is the only derby. Anyway, I can't believe it. I can't. But yeah, anyway, how, how, did, you, how did you end up in uh, in Middlesbrough then? Um, oh, me. Uh, well, I used to go to Rangers in Glasgow from when I was 10 right through to 16. Is this, is, this, is this the start of a joke? Englishman, Irishman and, uh, and a Scotsman? No, no, no. Scot- no, no, it's true, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, so the and a flipping Yorkshireman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I went to so the, the boys' club I played for in Belfast, the guy that ran it was um, he was the Rangers scout for for Northern Ireland. So he used to send like a lot of us over on school holidays and stuff. And um, I I sort of just went from right away through until I was sixteen. And they'd I'd actually had like a it wasn't like an official contract, but it was like a letter of agreement back in the day. That they used to do that said they were going to give you a YTS, 
And then when Rangers sort of Rangers changed managers and stuff, and they got a load of uh, a lot of the Dutch lads in, uh, uh, Dick Advocat came in as manager, and they sort of filtered it all down through the youth system. And then they they sort of told me at Easter just before I was sixteen, or just before I did my GCSE, sorry, um, that they weren't going to offer me anything. So I was sort of scrambling a little bit, and the guy um, the guy lived uh, the Minister Scout in Northern Ireland lived not far from from my mum and dad, and he'd been trying to sort of get me to go to Middlesbrough for the for a couple of seasons before that. So I just went over for a week's trial on, on the Easter holidays, just just before I did my GCSEs at sixteen and. After about the third day, the, the academy director pulled me in. And he said, "Oh, we'd like to offer you a contract." Like so, but uh, it worked out. It worked out well, to be fair. And in, in, in the end, like because you know there was a few lads in the same boat. Stephen Davis as well. At the same time, he he was going to Rangers, and then he ended up signing for Aston Villa as well. You know, it happened to a couple of us from from home. So yeah, it was yeah. you know it was one of those things, and it happens. I suppose it happens to lots of lots of kids. Like, I mean, when when you came to Wednesday, it were initially. It was when it alone, but it weren't alone, were it really? As you've already mentioned. No, yeah, they they, they just took my contract over to the end of the season. So Middlesbrough Middlesbrough told me about three or four weeks probably before they told the rest of the lads that um, that I wasn't getting anything. So yeah, Sheffield Wednesday just just took my contract over to the end of the season. Yeah. Can you remember what Chris Turner said to you for you to come? Did he did he sell you the dream of Sheffield Wednesday? No, not not massively. Like I mean, I just really enjoyed it. Like the lads all made me feel really welcome as well. You know, there was. Obviously, they were in sort of. I don't think there was any. You know, there's no hiding the sort of the financial troubles they were in at that stage. You know, they still they yeah. were they were were free falling really, weren't we? So like he he just sort of I think that that was the start of you know obviously Glenn Whelan had already signed a pre contract to come in the summer and there was going to be a big clear out obviously because there was a lot of lads there still on probably too much money as, as than what the club could afford. You know, so yeah. But you know those lads were. Those ads were brilliant with me, you know, Alan Quinn, Derek Deary, people like that, Lee Bromby, like proper looked after me when I came down on trial, you know, when they were going, like they were going out for food or something in the evening and I knew I was in the digs and that and they just said, oh, they, they took me out with them and stuff and, you know, it was, I, I really, really enjoyed it. All three of them went to Sheffield United, by the way, I've just... I yeah, know they did, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it was that next season, wasn't it? I know, it's weird. But, you know, I think that, that probably highlighted how much they were, like, they were struggling that season though, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, with, Basically, like Sheffield United got them all on the cheap, really, didn't they? Like you know, they, yeah. they waited, and it shows what what good players they were as well. Like, I mean, obviously, we brought a lot of players in at the end of that that season when you signed. Uh, obviously, a lot left, as you just mentioned. Um, I, I just want to talk about a certain destination that that you went to on uh, on pre season. <laughs> Ibiza, yeah, yeah, the, the Ibiza Cup. <laughs> yeah, oh I mean that, that, that's oh, all I need yeah. to say on that matter. Just Ibiza, and then well, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it's, oh, obviously you never see it again. I think it was probably the only time there was ever in a beat the cup, wasn't it? But um, oh, it was weird. Like, yeah, and obviously I was only a young lad trying to sort of, you know, make sure I was doing the, trying to do the right things, trying to make myself, make sure I was fit enough for preseason, and trying to trying to make sure impressed with a big group of new players as well. Like, you want to make sure nobody's sort of taking your place in the team and stuff, and then. You know, when you get taken to beat beat in a preseason tour, it's not really great. Is it? You're playing games in AstroTurf and training on AstroTurf, so it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was one of the the less productive preseason trips I've probably been on. What did What did you say when you found out that you're going to be for them? Were you like, yes, get in, or were you like a bit like what what, what we're doing there? <laughs> well, I think I mean a bit of both, really. Like you know, you sort of think, well, we're going to beat it, but it can't be like a beat it, beat it, can it? But yeah, it was literally <laughs> it around was. the corner from a beat wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was mad. But like, obviously, it was great for for obviously all the fans and stuff. And I think it was Watford and Preston as well, weren't they? Yeah, they were there, and 
you know, I knew a couple of lads that played for Preston at the time through Northern Ireland too, and you know, he sort of seen them about, and everybody sort of saying the same thing to each other. It's like, what, like, what are we doing here on a preseason trip? You, well, know? you know, what's hilarious about but, that, Chris? Everybody we've had on, like Guy Brands, we've had so many people on that that, that run that trip, right? And all they say, everybody just says they've all got their own story, whether it was that a beef roll, whether it Malta, whatever it were. Like, we spoke we to Matt. We spoke to Matt Amshaw, haven't we? We spoke yeah, to Lewis McMahon. Going to say, happy, we just yeah. see him. We just see him. Yeah, as preseason training. We just look at the score. That's it. But behind the scenes, they're getting they're burying themselves under sandcastles. They're walking around, not getting. There's so many random stuff that goes off. It, it's just funny to get back now. Apparently, yeah. Eckingbottom went missing in it for for two days. Oh yeah, he might have done. I, I I don't know. Do you know what? I was pretty naive. I think when I was younger, I, I sort of tried to do. I probably tried to do the right thing too much on that trip. By the sounds of things, I've missed out on a lot. It I think sounds I remember, like it. Yeah. I remember did you saying that on the way him, back. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that same summer. Yeah. Did you see him when he put all the pound coins up his nose? I used to put pound coins up his how nose. Many? Yeah, how yeah. many? Oh, I, I can't remember how many it was, but they're like that. He said thirty. I probably could have. Yeah. I was mad. I, <laughs> he was not sir. Absolutely mental. Yeah, he didn't carry a wallet with him. <laughs> I just stuck them all up his nose they wouldn't have been his pound coins I wouldn't have thought he probably borrowed them off everybody else and then put them up his nose yeah yeah he said, he said that but I mean it brought everyone together though that, that pre-season didn't it like, to have all them I mean we've spoke to Chris Turner as well we've had him on the podcast and, and he, he said the same thing it, you know, it was just like a like a team bonding exercise more than anything more than it was actually pre-season to, to get fit for the for the season to have that many people that many new players all come together at one at one time because like I said it was like a whole new team weren't it yeah that, I think that was probably the biggest thing for the coaching staff as well and, and obviously it didn't it didn't massively work out for Chris because he didn't last very long in the season but you know it probably did work out for all the lads because you know everybody was in the same sort of boat. We'd all arrived at, in Sheffield from various other places at the same time and everybody sort of had the, had the gel together. And, you know, I think, like, so, looking back on my career, some of the best pals I've got in football are from that time at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, we all sort of ended up in the, in the, living in the same sort of area and, you know, the, the girls, the wives and the girlfriends and stuff all got on well together. I mean, I was up in... Um, I was up in Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago with um, with Stephen McLean just for the weekend. That's Jamie's best mate. That's Jamie, Jamie's best Stephen mate. Stephen McLean. <laughs> got, this, this Steve, on, I know it's good on, about Jamie. Stephen McLean. Listen, Chris, Stephen McLean, right? He's a proper striker. <laughs> he scored 20 goals that season. He, come, he comes on when he's injured, takes that penalty. That guy is a proper striker, right? And he scores goals. It doesn't matter. Like, you've got these players like Forest Area that are fit for about three games and then score worldies. McLean were just an out-and-out out old-fashioned strike and he banged goals in. I mentioned that goodie once and all they keep going on about is fucking Steve McLean. I like you. I like Chris Brunt more than Steve McLean. But obviously, hey, when Steve McLean... Hey, listen, like stop him. lying. You've mentioned him more than once. All right, <laughs> fucking 42 times then. So what? Counting. He's... Um... No, but that, that that's just just an example. Like you know, I speak to Glenn Whelan quite regularly as well. You know, like just lads that I got on that everybody got on really well with. And well, Chris, you know, you know, let him say it before we talk about it in a bit. Do you think that was a penalty? Before I forget, do you think it was a penalty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. I, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. It was that hard. I was flipping blown in my arse from about the flipping seventieth minute. Like it was too. I was hallucinating and all sorts. Same baggy shirts, weren't it? Really. Like, you know, before we did the podcast, yeah, when we were talking just before when you were saying that um, you're you're much more of a Wednesday fan than a West Brom fan, and admitting that you prefer Wednesday and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I don't think it was a penalty. But that feeling, we'll talk about it in a bit. We're gonna. I just want to get to it now. 
Yeah, I mean, that, obviously that season, that 2004-2005 season, it was, obviously it was an amazing season. I mean, where does that rank in, like, in terms of seasons in, in your career? Obviously, because you had, you've had a good career with West Brom, obviously playing in the Premiership for God knows how many, how many times you've played uh, for, for West Brom, it were a lot. But yeah, I mean, how, how does that season rank? Yeah, oh, yeah, up there massively. I mean, that's the. I always remember somebody, uh, James Quinn said at the time, like, "Oh, enjoy it, lads," because like you, some people go through their whole career oh, without winning anything, you know. And for that, for us to win something at the end of it, like, I, that always stuck with me, like, because you, the more you look back on it, it's true. Like, you know, you can play six hundred games and actually not win any trophies or win anything, and to do that, like, so young in my career as well, it was brilliant. And obviously, the friends that you sort of and, and the people you meet throughout in, in that season as well throughout my career that it's still people you would keep in touch with regularly like yeah I mean what what was what was Turner like as a as a manager like like for you yeah do you know what he was he was good with me um obviously obviously saying me so that was a good start um <laughs> I think he was under like he was under a lot of pressure obviously when all those new lads came in I mean we we literally avoided relegation to what what was it when I saying was it division it was still division two so which would have been league one so yeah, so we nearly went down to the bottom, the bottom division of the football league, didn't we? That season, we only stayed up by about two points, I think. Yeah. So you know, I think that was his obviously his big thing was there was going to be a bit of a clear. He was going to get a lot of new players in, and then obviously when because we didn't have a great start, did we? Really? No, well, we got slapped on the opening day, didn't we? At home to <laughs> the Colchester, they beat three 0 didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, three 0 Yeah. What were Chris like at? Um, you know, like for example, first game of the season, you've been hammered three 0 What were we like in dressing room? I just like. I, that happened. That was like my um, my my uh, my grandmother passed away just a couple of days before the game, and I literally played the game and went straight to the, straight home to Belfast in between the two games because we played yeah. again Tuesday night. We were away to Blackpool on the Tuesday night, yeah. so I hadn't trained until Tuesday night, and he left me on the bench on the Tuesday night, and um, he brought me on. <laughs> he brought me on, and we we went two one up. Lewis McMahon scored quite a good goal from about twenty yards. And we went two yeah. one up, and. He took me off again and it was about five minutes later. I was like, I was, because uh, I can't remember what happened, but he was obviously under a lot of pressure to win a game. Like, and I think I hadn't tracked a runner or something like that. And, you know, he, and he just took me off and I was fuming. Like, and I, I didn't speak to him for about three days. And then obviously he pulled me on the Friday and he said, look, look, I shouldn't, I can't even remember what he said. I think he said, I, sh- I shouldn't have done that, but I had to, it, it was just at the, the time. And you, you accept it, don't you? Maybe not as much as a young lad. Like, uh, I think, you know, I was I wasn't happy with it, <laughs> but then on the Saturday yeah. he brought me on. He brought me on for about half an hour on the Saturday, and I did well when it came on. And then I was sort of that was it. After that, like he, I always got on really well with him. And to be fair, ever since he's left, and he, he's been in touch with me a few times and on things, wished me all the best and stuff like that. And he's you know he's he's a decent guy, and you know he really did care about the club. And it was just a shame it didn't didn't work out for him that season. You you played in a number of positions, like you played left wing, you played centre mid, you played left back. What what is your actual best position and like I don't know I just I'm intrigued to know because you played in so many different positions what your favourite position is the best position is probably substitute on you <laughs> sub not used <laughs> that's um, a bit harsh we're all, we're all we're all good at sub not used like um, do you know what? I think towards the end of my career I probably I probably enjoyed playing left back a lot more because I think, I think the game's changed a lot now like it's so fast and then like every it's everywhere is just 1v1 situations all over the pitch like it's so it's dead intense like and I think as I got a bit older it probably just suited me to be behind the ball a bit more and you can see everything because obviously I was I was decent with the ball and 
and then you when you're at the back you can see everything's in front of you isn't it you can you can see everything what's happening and and obviously at West Brom in this when we were in the Premier League we obviously a lot of the time we didn't have much of the ball anyway so you sort of always had a bit of cover around you defensively you know if if you weren't great there was usually enough bodies around you to sort of help you out but I really enjoyed playing left back towards the end of my career especially for for Northern Ireland they Michael O'Neill put me there um just one one game because we didn't have anybody else and ended up playing about 20, 25 caps there and I probably enjoyed that the most. Did you play left back at Sheffield Wednesday at all or not? No. I think I did once but only because there was like real bad, we had real bad injuries and I think we played Sunderland in the championship one day and Glenn Whelan ended up having to play centre half and I ended up having to play left back but only wow. because there was real bad Why injuries. Why did Chris like... John took your place? Maybe <laughs> 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 better. He's a, he's a copper now, you know. Is he really? Yeah, he's a copper. Oh, down brilliant. in Plymouth. He played for every team I... in the Premier Ryman League and Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> T- turn the left. Sturrock came in. He were a whole different type of manager, weren't he? Yeah, he just... Got, he got you running, by all accounts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. His, um, terror, the Terror Tuesdays, used to call it. Um <laughs> So you used to basically just train in the morning and then after training, you used to run the balls. You like, like it's until you couldn't anymore. It was just, he used to come out with a stopwatch and just swing it around his finger. Like, you know, he's, uh, he's like, go. And then like, and the one that I always remember Graham Lee, I don't know, you've, Spike's been on, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I yeah. don't know whether Spike, did Spike tell you about those, those runs he did, the 40s and 80s? No? He did, yeah, he did. He did, he did he mention did, uh, it, yeah. What's <laughs> Spike, Spike was Spike was a really good like good defender. Obviously, good head, like unbelievable head in the ball, and he was good technically as well with the ball. Like, but he, he was just like he was slow. Like he wasn't he wasn't a quick runner. And Paul Sturridge was just convinced he wasn't fit enough to do these runs, and he just physically couldn't get in the times. It was unbelievable. He absolutely hammered him and hammered him and hammered him for weeks. And then in the end, he just went, "You know what, Spike? You're just not fucking quick enough." <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was just it was really funny. He was laughing about it as well. Like, but it was. Um, yeah, it was tough. He had some proper like, I think he had um, he had like a file with uh, do you know the the little the plastic pocket things you slide like you used to have in school. You slide the pages into, yeah. and he just had like an old school file with loads of different running drills on it, <laughs> and he just battered us there for weeks. But you know what? It was it was proven. It obviously how good a job he did at Plymouth and to, to get them out of that league and and the league below as well. And, you know, it was basic. Like it wasn't. I wouldn't imagine it was great to watch, but. You know, at the end of the day, when you're playing, uh, you know, I always said, even now, like, you know, you see a lot of teams trying to play like, oh, really nice football and play the right way. At the end of the day, if you're a football player and you're going on the pitch and you know you've got a good chance of winning the game, it doesn't really matter how you play, I don't think. And I'm sure fans are probably when it comes down to the end of the game, you just want to win, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jamie's already touched on it earlier about these, uh, the kits. Um, now I have to say obviously they, they, look, they, they all look like they're about two sizes too big three, <laughs> three sizes yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, obviously uh, you know, I've got down here you know, is it personal preference or uh, or just ill-fitting kits I think it was just ill-fitting kits to be honest and, and Pete the kit man was, and he, he wasn't he wasn't prepared to change your size I don't think so yeah I was going to talk to you about Pete, Chris what, yeah. what about angry Pete <laughs> what a guy yeah what a guy, what a guy. I remember every time I was um I was going in there because every morning I'd go and have a little chat with him. He'd always mention you were always one of yeah. his favourites. He always said, Chrissy, oh, what a guy. I love him. I love him. But he was <laughs> no, so angry. I, How moody was he? 
Yeah, I loved him. Like I, he, the first when I was down on trial on the first day, I went in and asked for a jumper, and he just turned around and told me to fuck off. Fuck off yeah. I was like, all yeah. right, okay. All right, and it was freezing as well. I, was, it, I think it might have actually been snowing. And we, I was so I had trained with the first team in the morning, and I was going back out with the reserves and the youth team in the afternoon. And I was still wet from like trainings because I didn't have any more gear, and he just told me to do one. Like, and I was like, all right, okay, no worries. But then after that, when he yeah, obviously yeah. when I got in, got in full time, played a couple of reserve games, he like I got on. He was brilliant and He's top man. He's like all the stuff where yeah, um, the two ladies in the laundry as well, um, Karen and uh, Bev, wasn't Bev, it? Karen and Bev, Bev. Yeah, 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 Karen and Bev, they were all brilliant with me. Yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, you always wore long sleeves as well. Know, was, yeah. the, was there a reason behind look. that or is, is that just more long sleeves on that one as well look <laughs> <There's little fingers. laughs> is, is there a reason behind that or is that just to stop getting sunburned <laughs> I thought that's maybe where it came from in the first place no um, I don't know I think do you know what I think it just it started off as just a bit of like a superstitious thing I think I I think I wore long sleeves in, the, in my first game and scored obviously yeah. and then just sort of stuck with it but then as I, as I got, even when I signed for West Brom, I always wore long sleeves for the first couple of seasons. And then it changed because when we got promoted in the Premier League and something happened and the long sleeve shirts hadn't turned up and I had to wear short sleeves one day and scored in the, I scored my first Premier League goal and then never really paid much attention to it afterwards. <laughs> like, so it was just a bit weird. Like, But um, it's funny, the first shirt, my mum and dad have still got my first, my first shirt at home somewhere actually. And it was um, number 35, but it had... Um, that season, uh, Mark Virchel had been on loan from Celtic and right. worn number 35 as well. But you, you, where it says Brunt, you can still see Virchel underneath where they've obviously <laughs> picked, it up, picked, it, picked his name off. It was so that Pete didn't have to pay for an extra shirt. Pete yeah. passed it on it like off Theodora. When you scored them goals, like these worldy goals and that for Wednesday, like that one at Barnsley when it come down with your right foot, did, did you not think, like looking back, did you not think, how the fuck did I do that? Like, that was me that did that. Like, well, not... what are you saying, Jamie? What are you saying? Well, you saying, Brandy, you saying right Chris foot, only, yeah. He's only got one foot. Well, no, well. it's just it's just must be mad to think you've scored that many worlds. Like, how many people scored that many good goals? They haven't had that. So you must sit there and lay in bed and just go, "Fucking, I'm I'm, I'm just sick, me." That's it, man. No, I don't know. What was like, your favourite? What were your favourite? For Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Top three. Yeah, we're not bothered about West Brom. Do you remember Coventry, <laughs> that one against Coventry? That one against Coventry. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was decent. Yeah. Um, that were a corner, weren't it? No, it was miles out, halfway line. Do you know it was at Hillsborough, wasn't it? Yeah, miles um, out. It was Stephen Bywater in that actually. Yeah. The Coventry. Do you know what's that long ago? I can't even remember half of them. Um, what about the goal against Leeds? That were a good one. Oh, he took yeah. it off, he took it off him. Turn around, bang, there. straight over. I would be straight over his head. head. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one though, he'd done the same thing a couple of times. I'd gone to close him down, he cut inside, and he'd done me a couple of times. And I thought, and then he tried to do it again, and but the goalie had passed him the ball, so I knew the goalie was off his line. That's just one of those things. And those footballs back back then as well were a lot easier to. You could hit them a lot harder, like, and they wouldn't fly off. Whereas now, like, it's, I don't know, Giles will probably tell you, the football's changed so much every year. You see, even so much. Drop, dropping between, like, obviously the Premier League balls, the night ones, like, or they're the best ones by a mile. And then you drop down and you play in the Championship or you play in the League Cup or whatever it was. And then should feel for Giles. He's, he's, he's playing with them flyaway balls this, this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what balls he's got. Giles, congratulations on becoming the captain, by the way. Congratulations, <laughs> Giles. On what? Which one? Being named the oh, captain for Grim- Grimsby for the season. Oh, thank you. I've just seen it on Twitter. Yeah, thank well you. done, well done, Giles. 
I'm really proud of you. Boys, this, this ain't about me. This is about Chrissy. So yeah, you're on you're on about the balls, Chris. Yeah, the, but the, the, and it just happened like those those old mitre balls the for the there was a nationwide league when I first went to Sheffield Wednesday and it was Coca-Cola League for a bit. And then it was the same when I went to West Brom as well. Like you could just hit them a lot harder and they wouldn't fly off. Like I, I just seemed to be able to hit those really well. Like so every time I got a free kick or a, I was Miles, I was just confident that I was going to hit the target or I was able to hit it a bit harder. Like, and, they're, they're, you know, they're the ones back then where you used to buy them mighty balls and you used to, you used to that's mine that, take it to school and everyone knew it was your ball and you, put it back, you used to be proud of having them balls. But you're saying mm. this now about the mighty balls, but about a year ago, you're, you're still banging free kicks in for West Brom with these other balls, so I don't really get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to adapt, haven't you? Well, the thing is, you, you use them every day, don't you? You just get used to it. Like, but um, No, yeah. I just think... I suppose maybe maybe when you're a bit younger as well, you've just got a bit less fear of ballsing up, I suppose, as well. Like, you know, like obviously sometimes when you're standing over a free kick or a corner or whatnot and you need to put a decent ball in and you hit the first man and twenty five thousand people are shouting at you for being shite. Like it's not it's not yeah. nice. Like so, you know, I, I think it's probably just a little bit like less fear as well. Like you just you know you're young, aren't you? You just think, Oh well, I'll just try it. And that, one at, that one at Coventry, that one at Leicester, Chris. Just while we're on, it, I just remembered it. When that goal at Leicester, you know, I remember from that from that game as well. Like, who, who should have done better with his career? I think Majid Bagheera. I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. That kid he used to do slide tackle yeah. offline and block it, and then go up front and score. <laughs> yeah, mad. Oh, we, we used to have a, we used to have some laughs with him. Like, uh, he used to do cross turns in his own box, and that didn't he? Yeah, like, he didn't. Like, yeah. Paul Sturrock was going mental like and he, he didn't like it at all but you, know, you, just, you just had to let him get on with it oh. like yeah he, he, he was brilliant to be fair and he nearly actually signed for West Brom as well he came down and um, he came down and did his medical and then like obviously West Brom chairman that Jeremy Peace at the time was sort of notorious for not spending like loads of money on wages and he went and signed for Rangers instead he, he said oh, he no, said he left too early he did actually he said he left the, the song they were who's that coming out of defence is it Bagheera imagine Bagheera yeah, yeah. you know? he was class but, uh... but yeah he went to Charlton a bit, a bit too early I think I think we signed him for 200 grand from crew and he went to Charlton and then Rangers obviously but yeah he went to Rangers and, after that yeah now yeah, um, Jamie's kind of already he's been itching to try to, to, to talk about it obviously End of uh, end of April two thousand and five, uh, we've got, we've gone seven games without a win. Um, I think it's penultimate game of the season. We've got Hull away. Do you just want to take us through the uh, the preparation for that game for, on the Friday before? Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> it was Quinny, weren't it? Uh, James Quinny told us about it first. He, he what yes. a lad he is, by the way, Chris. How much of a lad he's he's class in it. Yeah, great guy, and obviously like. I knew Quinny from from playing for Northern Ireland as well, and when he came to Sheffield Wednesday, me and him got on really well. I'm still, I've seen him a few weeks ago. There, we still keep in contact, and he lives not far from me actually. So, you know, he would see him about the odd time, like so. But um, yeah, oh, like, to be fair, was that the first time he'd done it? Sturrock, I think it was. I think he sort of just said, I can't remember whether we trained in the morning or did we go for a walk. Sometimes, you, sometimes randomly, he used to just take us up for a walk around the reservoir. Yeah. or a little jog or something like that and um, so I remember one day he took us up we had a jog and then we went to this little pub and he arranged it and we had like a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea or whatnot and, and came back like and that was the training session done <laughs> but, um, which is great like you know sometimes like I think sometimes stuff like that like lads when you're not expecting it it's it's as good as a, a decent training session to be fair like yeah. but uh, yeah the Friday before like I I was just he was like right everybody in my office like 
we've got a big game tomorrow. We just want to have a chat about stuff. And we end up, <laughs> there was a couple of crates of lager sitting there and a few bottles of wine. He said, right, crack on, lads. David Lucas, have a couple of drinks. First one to open it, weren't it? <laughs> I can't remember. I to, do you know why? I, I, my my memory's terrible. Like, um, but James Quinn said he uh, he walked in thinking, "What the what the hell is this?" Yeah, thought they were taking piss. Yeah, he thought it were a test. He oh, thought they were, he thought they were testing him. Yeah, and then in the next minute, he is a and it's the it's Dave Lucas cracking up in a, a Budweiser or whatever. <laughs> well he's having been. a drink, so he thought, "That's it. I'm on it." <laughs> Might well have been. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, that's what he said. He said, look, right. Yeah, a bit unconventional, weren't it, really? Yeah, oh, massively. And then, obviously, I was only a young lad, like, and I'd never seen it before, but, you know, fair play, like, because, you know, everybody sort of, you know, it relieved a, released a bit of pressure, didn't it? You know, everybody was just sort of relaxed and like you do, like. Yeah, and obviously, when we got a, got a hole in, uh, in 2 1 win, yeah. He told us, Chris, um, he told us about it, like, Giles, you wanted to see this either, but because you were before you were on. But James said, because <laughs> he says what people can't remember, they can remember his goal because he scored it last minute to win 2 1. But you can't remember Hull's equaliser. And he said, we're able to give penalty away. And I can't remember that either. And he says, I don't know what I'm doing because if you look at that penalty, ball's come in and I've looked at it and I don't know why, but I'm looking at it and I know I can't hand it. But something in my head, it's just, it's something what happens and I just, I had to put my hand on it and touch it. And, I, and then afterwards I'm thinking, what the fuck have I done? But I just don't know what I was doing. I, just, I knew I shouldn't have touched it and it was just so funny listening to it. It's like when you've got a button where it says don't press it, you press yeah. it. But then he's saying it's not a penalty. Yeah, because then Bullen yeah. was shouting at ref saying, no, he never touched it. And he's like, oh, no, I definitely did. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I definitely did, yeah. Um, you see, I've been that, I only remember that now that you've said that. Like, I, I completely forgot. I think when you, do you know, because you, all you remember is the, the, the goal, don't you? You just remember because it's, it's the worst goal ever, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, yeah. the shortest long, the shortest long throw you've ever seen. It's <laughs> yeah. two people, two people missed a flick on, and it bounces about seven times in the box, and Quinny manages to just get it before it goes in the net. I think. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible goal, but it, nobody really. You don't. That's similar to what we were saying before. Like, doesn't matter, does it? Because you won. Like, it's just like nobody. Everybody forgets all the other stuff. Like. Yeah. Obviously, we'll, so we'll get on to the uh, the playoff final then. So, well, actually, before that, you, you didn't play in the first leg, did you? Um, oh, no. I've got a good story about that as well. Go on then. <laughs> uh, we're all ears. We're all ears. That's what you're here yeah. for. Because Matt Hamshaw played in the first leg, didn't he? And yeah. um, so, obviously, I played in the I played in the whole game and Ham, I think Hammy came on for about the last 10 minutes in the whole game and I went off. And then in the last league game, I played the league. I played in the last league game because did we win the last league game or did we lose? I can't remember anyway. Um, and then on the morning of the playoffs, the first leg of the semi final, he hadn't done any team stuff and he um, he named the team and I wasn't in it. And um, <laughs> and Hammy was in it. And he and did he put he pulled no, he pulled me and he said, Oh, I'm not going to play, I'm going to play Hammy. And I was like, oh, What do you say? Like the games that night, like you can't sit in, can you? But I was, I was raging as well. But Hammy had actually given me a lift into training, so he had to take me home. <laughs> 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 but like, I, like I, I get on Hammy's the only one I get on really well Hammy, I, I speak to him I speak to him quite a lot like you know, I'd see him obviously seen him a few times when we played them over the last few years against Rotherham and that like but I don't know he, he probably might he might not remember that actually, different but, ways, yeah. you? you've got a bit of different ways you two <laughs> yeah well obviously he, he had terrible luck with injuries didn't he like but yeah. um yeah so he had to give me a lift home like that was that was it was a quiet car journey back there because he lived in the next I used to live in Elsagar and he lived um, just down the oh, in the next one along next village along, along yeah yeah so yeah wasn't a nice journey home that for him but oh, the, the same thing it works out all right in the end doesn't it you forget it like yeah I mean so in the in the second leg you uh, 
you, you came on for Matt, I'm sure, as well, didn't you, at half, at half time? Um, and obviously, it weren't your best goal, but it's probably no. one of the like one of the most memorable ones. Um, obviously, with that with that deflection. I mean, in terms of that importance, that must be up there. You know, for like one of the most important goals you've scored. Yeah, like like you say, it wasn't it wasn't a great. <clears throat> it was actually it was probably too like, too close. It was probably too yeah. It was too close for me to do anything else. So I just tried to smash it. Like and I, obviously, I hit it well, and that's what happens when there's so many bodies about, isn't it? it couldn't. I, mean, I think a lot of times you people probably just tell you to do that. Like, you know, coaches always used to say that, you know, if there's lots of bodies about just smash it through the middle. Like, and, you know, fortunate enough, it went in and, you know, obviously what it meant and all the lads, you know, you see everybody's reaction behind the goal, all the fans and then all the lads as well. Game over when that lads. Yeah, it sort of, it killed the game off, didn't it? You know, we'd done, the lads had done really well up to then as well. And, you know, obviously Peaks had scored a, scored a great header in the first half. Yep. It sort of, you know, that eased a lot of pressure because, you know, when we went down there, that was Brentford's never a nice place to go. And obviously, Martin Allen had them all had the fans riled up. He had them riled up. They were banging the doors in the in the dressing room in the tunnel, and you know, shouting and screaming uh, like outside our dressing room. We we're trying to get ready and stuff. And you know, I always remember Paul Polster said something. He, he uh, I don't know, lads might have said this before. I don't know what it was, but in his dressing room in the in the team talk in the dressing room that then you know, he's like he's quite sort of he doesn't really. He's quite sort of dar Scots, isn't he? Like he, he just says what he says what he sees, and he said, "Right, lads, um, you'll sort of you'll get to my age, and you'll do this, and you'll do that." And he said, and "You can't, you'll not even be able to take a piss without like it running down your leg, and that when you think you've finished and all this sort of stuff." And he's like, and he started waffling on it, and I always remember him saying that about <laughs> piss running down his leg, and he was like, "Well," and he got there, and he was basically basically just like. Don't like, don't have any regrets. Just go out and play. <laughs> I was like, what's that got to do? Piss running down your leg, like you know. But it was, uh, it was funny. Like, um, like, same thing. He was, he was. Re- do you know what? The more I think about, it, the more I got as I got older, and the more I look back on it. You know, like at the time, he was because he he was he was pretty harsh for me sometimes. Like, and you know, when you're younger, you get a bit pissed off with it and that. Like, but you know, the more you look back at it, he was actually he was actually really good at what he did. Yeah, I mean, so we're good, we're good at Cardiff then. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it goes down as one of my best memories of, of Sheffield Wednesday. I, I weren't around for the 91 League Cup final or beating United at Wembley, which, you know, some some fans, obviously, they, they were there for that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Boxing Day Massacre, for going back for even, even further. But so for me, that obviously, you know, one of the highlights of, of you know, supporting Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, start off, let's start off with that, that day, like the whole build-up and, and everything, because it were it were like driving on the, on the coach. I can remember being on the, on the streets as the coach come past and just the, the whole streets just lined with Wednesday fans, weren't they? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, the biggest thing I can remember. Like, it's just everywhere you look, it was just blue and white stripes, wasn't it? And obviously, that was hardly cool as well, Like, but that didn't have in red. But, uh, but it was just, yeah, it was just Wednesday fans everywhere. And I think you sort of, you know, you sort of seen how big a club it is like and when it, when it comes that day and you know Hartlepool obviously probably took half the half the town to the game and didn't get anywhere near the sort of yeah. the, the amount of fans that Wednesday had there so look it was <laughs> I think, to me it was the noise you know what, knowing, knowing the players walked yeah. out just the noise it, it, was just, it was just a noise weren't it it was like you know just it was like the North South Africa World Cup with Vuvuzelas and all whatever they are uh, like just, they were just noising just daft hats and stuff. Every, I had an umbrella on my head. I had, I, I don't know why, I had loads of random stuff. <laughs> so I, spent, I, yeah. I think my dad gave me about 40 quid or something for a day. And I, I spent 40 quid on a, on a I don't know, I, just, I remember I couldn't afford a bottle of water because I had loads of random shit on me. 
<laughs> how, yeah. many, how many Wednesday uh, fans were there? 45,000 or something like that. Yeah. They got yeah. like, because um, Hartlepool only sold something like 15,000 tickets or something. So they gave <laughs> Wednesday a, a few more, didn't they? They were believe. But it was like. Were you nervous when you walked out? Because when you saw all that? Um, like, no, not, not massively nervous. Like, I mean, I think just my personality in general, I don't. Uh, a game's a game at the end of the day. Like, but I think. I think there was probably a lot of pressure on us, obviously, because there were so many fans there, and like, and obviously, we nearly flipped, we nearly blew it, we nearly balled off, didn't we? Like, you yeah. know, it wasn't fit. it could have five minutes, it could have went either way. Like, so, um, I think on the day, I don't really remember a massive amount about the game. Uh, I probably didn't have as good a game as I would have wanted to. I had a couple of chances when I probably could have done better. I should have scored in the first half and didn't, and then just the rest of it's just a blur after that, you know. Obviously, when Maka come on, if Maka hadn't been on the pitch, I'd have probably taken the penalty as well, which it's probably best off he was on the pitch, I think. Would, what would, you, <laughs> so, would, you, would you have done that then, Chris? Would you, would you have happily stepped up and took that penalty then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I'd have just Fantastic. smashed it as hard as I could, probably down the middle. Like. But, um, look, and, then, like, Maka's penalty wasn't a great penalty. Either. I mean, the no, keeper Chris, got to it as well. Chris, what it were, mate, right? I'm not being funny, but that, that keeper, Constantopoulos, is, is huge as it is, right? But mm. at that moment in time, I will bang behind net, and in that moment in time, it was literally like what it was. The net, the net was that big, and this keeper was bigger than net. Like you know, like a cartoon. It just looked like it was impossible to score because it was that intense, or whatever. And it hit his hand and gone. Just that feeling when it went in. The feeling when that went in, and then he's got well, he sent off before, weren't he? But I, the best feeling yeah. you ever had in football as a fan was when Talbot you know, took it past keeper, and then you just, I just looked up and started. I was sixteen, just looked up and started crying like we're, we're playing mm. West Ham, all these big clubs. Are, just a feeling when it went in, it was oh. I think yeah, I, I think like well, yeah, when when Maka scored, it sort of, and I think him him getting sent off as well. Obviously, then you think we've got a good chance here. Like, but I mean, if you look at that, like I mean, Hartlepool have been they they've not been seen again since then. I've like you know, it's sort no. of it just shows you the fine margins in football, doesn't it? Like it's um, it does, like easy they could have easily won that and they'd have been in the championship, you know, and like, you never know what would have happened for them after that. Like, it could have kick-started something decent for them, but it and could have been vice versa for us, couldn't it? Yeah, have you ever watched it back since, Chris? Like, all that, the, the highlights and what have you? I've seen highlights. Like, I, I've probably never watched the full game back. Like, but yeah, I've, I've seen the highlights, yeah. Some of the commentary is fantastic. Like, if, if you, like the Radio Sheffield commentary, when, when, yeah, when when Whelan scores, it's like yeah. just absolute going absolutely ballistic. Uh, it's just uh, it makes like the hairs on back of your neck stand up when you, you know, when you when you listen to it again. Yeah, especially for all you lads, you know, like as as big Wednesday fans as well. Like obviously we're there to do a job, like aren't we? But you know, I, I think you can when you're playing in, in front of a crowd like that, and it means so much to everybody. You can't help but get carried away with it as well. Like you know, it is yeah. it's, it is an unbelievable occasion. Like. You know, on pitch, this is what I was thinking of asking you, and you as well, Giles. You know, on pitch, like when you're fans, when you're standing, all you can hear is loud noise because you're going mad with fans. On pitch, is it what is it like? What is it like all everybody around you just going that mad like Cardiff when you were that loud? Like, could it, were it just like surreal? Were it, what, what, do you know what I mean? I don't even know how to explain what I'm asking. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes it gets so loud that you can't, like, you, you can't think, like, and I think especially for, well, I, I won't. I think I was only 19 or 20, like when, when we were in the, in the playoff final. You know, as a young lad, that's probably not great, like, because you can't really get any sort of help from anybody else. You know, like the only person who could really help me was Becky, and he was, because obviously he was the one, like, right behind me. Whereas, 
you know, when it's not so crazy, you can probably get a bit of help from other parts of the pitch as well. And obviously the coaching staff too, like, but you know, it's one of those things, it's experience, isn't it? Once you get used to doing it, that, I mean, that's probably the difference between, you know, Premier League players and like, no disrespect, like not like non-league, lower league, whatever players, like it's a lot of the games between your ears, isn't it? You know, it's, it's how you cope with situations like that. And after that, that hat you've got it and the big figure that iconic photo we all players and you've got a big hat. <laughs> don't know where I got that. Now, now b- before we uh, before we get onto the um, uh, service station after the yeah, game, because I, I know I can't wait. this oh, is God, my, this is my jam. This, this well, be, my... Well, be, well, be, well, be, before before we get onto that, I just want to I just want to touch on something that you said earlier. Obviously, you said about when when we played at Brentford and uh, and and the, you know the fans get on, you know on top on top of here and things like that. Obviously, you went on to have a you know an amazing career in the Premier League. I mean, how much different is it when you you know when you when you're playing at you know um, the Emirates or you know um, and you know some big Premier League uh, grounds compared to when you're playing, like you said earlier, at Saltergate or playing at um, you know Wickham or whoever whoever it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, they're on top. They're on top different. of you in, in the lower leagues. They're on top yeah, of you. Yeah. the smallest grounds. Can, and you can hear. You can probably hear a lot more from coming from the crowd. You know, like like some of the stuff you hear is funny. Like you know, obviously I would hear a lot of stuff taking set plays and corners and stuff like that when you go on the way fans and you, they give you a bit of stick and that. And it's a lot of time it's it is you have a laugh like you know there's probably pictures of me flying about taking corners actually like pissing myself laughing at something somebody said to me you know it's it's you've just got it's it's part and parcel of it isn't it and I think when you go to all the big stadiums and obviously I was lucky enough to be able to do that for 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 a large part of my career you sort of you don't notice as much I don't think because you know you're just concentrating too much like you know because because you're playing against the big teams and you Nine times out of ten, you're not having the having the ball, or you're getting battered. You've just got to you can't switch off, like you know. Were you nervous in your first year when you went up to the prem? Not massively nervous. No, I don't. I don't. Cool as ice, no, Chris. It's cool as cool ice. ice isn't he, <laughs> Chris, with you and Glenn Whelan, with you and Glenn Whelan playing in a playoff final like that at that young age, it's, I, I, I might be wrong, but I think that sort of set you up to like. You've, you've done that at 19-year-old, being on a massive stage in front of that many people. You've got that much experience already at 19 from, from the pressure you had to go up from semi-finals to, to perform in that league when we're big, one of the biggest teams in the league. And then that final, do you know what I mean? So I bet, did that not like get your confidence and just like no confusion then after that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think it all depends on your personality. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of lads that played the whole career and before games, they, they, they are nervous, like, but that's just how they dealt with it you know that's well, that's probably what got them going you know the sort of fear of not doing well I think you know, like, I was never really like that you know I just like to just do my own thing and just get on with it like I you, score screamers I think score screamers yeah, well, well that helped like obviously um, well, I just thought Chris, you know, like, because you played in the champ right and, you, and mm-hmm. you're playing against champ players but then taking that step that leap to the prem then you're suddenly playing against top top players yeah. right so I just thought, did you ever get a bit nervous when you when you were coming across the top top players? Maybe when you went to like we went to Man United that first year when I was at West Brom and like they still had Ronaldo and Rooney and Scholes and Gigs and you know you thinking like mad. We, we, and we got you know, we get, I remember going to Old Trafford. I was a Man United fan as a kid and like Gigs was my favorite player. Obviously being left sided and not like and when you go in there and you should, you are a bit like little things like that like yeah probably that first season I might have been a, a bit like starstruck maybe by starstruck but you know yeah, yeah, yeah. when you do because we get in nil-nil at half time at Old Trafford and we're like and, and Tony Mowbray was like right lads we're doing alright like 
keep it going, see what see, see how it how it pans out. We we're four 0 down into sixty minutes. Like you know, they just just cranked it up. Like you know, and, and you just think, you know what, like it, like if you want to compete at that level, you've just got to get better at it. And like, I think a lot of that season, there was teams like Arsenal were really good, Man United were good, Liverpool were good. You know, all the big teams, Chelsea were really good, obviously Lampard and Drogba and all the ones like that. And, and you got you got a bit of a pasting sometimes off teams like that. But majority of the other times, I, I felt we, we weren't far off as a team. And me personally, I, I, I coped quite well with it at that level. And you know, that just gives you a little bit of confidence. You know, I scored, I think I got eight goals or nine goals from midfield as well. Like, so in the Premier League, and you know, and you're sort of thinking, well, do you know what, if I can do that, like maybe I'd, I probably can play here. And that just gave me the confidence to try and, Try and kick on, really. Did you think, apart from the top six playing against them, did you think it was actually easier playing in the Prem rather than the Champ? Yeah, I, I, I think in some ways it is. Yeah, massively because you know, the champ, like the Championship is what it is, and it's carnage. It's just it's <laughs> organised chaos. Like it's just mayhem. Yeah. And and you know, those last couple of seasons when we got relegated and I was a bit older and I dropped down to the Championship again, I noticed it massively different then. Like you know, I thought you know, this is this is tough. Like. Mm. And you know, you for lads that lads that grind out ten, eight, ten year careers of playing at that level, like that's 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 some going, you know. That it's, yeah. it's a tough, tough league. Like, but I think the difference, obviously, everybody will say it, the difference in Premier League is like, you know, you make a mistake, you get punished for it. Like that's that's the yeah. difference. Whereas Championship, you might get away with two or three of them, and then you feel the team will score. But two clubs, Premier League, two, you make one mistake, it's a goal. Like two clubs in all career, like that's that's nobody does that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just looking now. West Brom, thirteen years. That's it's mental. Like, like it's actually mental. Like a Wednesday, after after like a Wednesday for ages. Do you know what I mean? But you were from. <laughs> four times longer. Like, and I've, I saw all the memories as you just scoring screamers and me growing up and just Chris Brunt, Chris Brunt and wheeling. But like, you've gone to West Brom and I can remember it like it was yesterday. I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it, time fucking flies bad. Like, it's mental. It is mental. At like, 13 years, mate, it's it's crazy. At yeah, massively. It's, yeah, look, and I think it's sort of, West Brom was sort of similar for me the way those few years at Sheffield Wednesday were, you know, there was a lot of lads came sort of similar time to me and we all, we were all sort of similar stages of career and we were sort of progressed as a team and as a club, like, and it sort of just suited, like, and then obviously uh, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my first, my oldest was born the first season when I, just after I, when we got promoted to the Premier League with Sheffield, uh, with um, West Brom. Don't rub it. And then, no, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then you just sort of settle in the area and, you know, then we, obviously the second one's born, the two kids go to school and it never really, it never really, I, I was never one, I didn't really want to move about, you know, I didn't want to move my family yeah. around. I didn't really, I was never one for sitting in hotels and, you know, you see lads doing it all the time. Now they travel a couple of days a week, they stay up and they play and then they go home for a day or two and then they come back again and, that was never really me. Like, you know, I'd been playing international football since I was 19 as well. And I, like, to be totally honest, I, I, I just, I hated staying in hotels. Like, and that was just, I was always happy just to go home and, and do my own thing. And when did you meet a bit? Just like to keep my head down. You, you, went, you went with your wife when you played for Wednesday, we had time. Like, was that? Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, was you? See that, yeah, even, yeah. even that, that's mental. Even that, at that young age and stuff, you just got through everything together. So you, you sort of settled, like when we spoke to Lions and stuff, Chris Lyons and he were on about coming up and moving right far away and getting injured and going out getting drunk, no like responsibilities at all. Yeah. And it sort of helps you, doesn't it? If you've got like Antonio on Wednesday, his missus helped him a lot when like he was saying his missus helped him a lot because 
if they were stick up, I don't, I don't know. Just basically, it's got, it's got to help you if you're settled with your wife or with a girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Instead of going out and like Medina. Yeah, look, look, I don't think. Yeah, I was never, I was never massively like. Obviously, I went out with all the lads on a, on a weekend, but when we were when we were at Wednesday, all the lads would go out and the, the, the couples would go. Like yeah. all the girls would come as well, and you would end up in the same place. And you sort of had a it was a nice mix of people and that was more my sort of thing. You know, I was, I've never been one for really going out massively anyway. Like, you know, obviously I like to have a beer and that like, but I wouldn't, um, it when never really go, interested me that night. Like, when Sheffield, what about us? Did you go for a beer? Revolution, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. That was standard <laughs> main place for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Lee yeah. Peacock in the change room. Right, lads, nine o'clock, everybody see, be there, be square. with a tra- And he used to have a tray of the most disgusting shots you've ever seen, like waiting for everybody. Like, <laughs> Horrible. It was Chris. It was going to nip on Lee Peacock. Was going to nip on because I was going to say how shit, shit, shit his tattoos were because I've got a shit tribal one as well. And yeah. then I'm going to I'm going to add him to a conversation. But his message is um I don't know is somewhere he's right busy. He's um right. he just he's, he's, his life sounds hectic every time you're on the phone like just. But anyway. <laughs> he's a brilliant guy. What a guy. So funny. Go, go on then, Jamie. I know you're itching to talk about it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, go on. First, one of the first people we had on with with David Lucas. And again, yeah. what a fucking what a guy. The thing is, I'm saying what a guy, but the everyone that we spoke to on podcast, they are going to be a very nice guy because they're coming on for a start. Do you know what I mean? So, we, apart from it, a bit difficult with Pressman. Um, <laughs> Chris, when we're talking to Kevin, if he's and if leave, he's with, uh, leave or whatever, Prezi alone. Then listen, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. But listen, Chris, I was it, it was hard talking to him. So I went, I went, mate. You know when you get in the shower, you wear your goalie gloves, and he just went, no. Like, uh, right, moving on. Uh, anyway, so yeah, <laughs> after after Millennium Stadium, I'm 15, 16, and I'm on Wednesday coach, the one that picks you up outside there and you sat there in your Wednesday shirt all the way looking out a window, right, right, happy mm. and all that. And Intercity Owl, is it called? Yep, is get that on it? coach, you go back, and I get on, and woman at front, I'm loads of old people, all this. Anyway, woman at front goes, right, get your bingo tickets out, 3 or 30, and I went, fuck, what's going on for that? Playing bingo on coach on the way back, like, and I just didn't go, what, what were happening? Anyway, Pulled over at the service station, and it's just the best best memory ever of being of being a Wednesday fan. I were, I were at a service station. It was a weird little escalator that went up. Lee Bullen were on my shoulders, and I said to David Lucas, <laughs> "said to David Lucas, can you remember that?" And he went, "Yeah, listen, it's a myth. Yeah. It didn't exist. I'd never seen it." And David Lucas was saying he's never ever ever seen that service. He said he's looked for it, and he's never seen that service station. And it was just it's like a big, the- it was like a film, weren't it? Yeah, it's one of the ones on the M5 because I used to stop out on the way back from Bristol. I can't well, remember which one it is. Because I need to go there. And I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm your dog. Um, I'm going to ask Lee Bullen to go back with me and go on my shoulders and just relive it. But how <laughs> mad was that, Chris? Can you remember that though? That service station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the traffic was mental, wasn't it? It took us. It took us forever getting home. Uh, I just Heck remember the what? traffic being really bad. Yeah, he was running up and down the hard shoulder with the trophy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he got in a car, didn't he, with all the pool fans? Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, and they, 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 somebody gave him a bag, a big multi-pack bag of crisps as well, and he brought them back on the bus. I remember that. <laughs> something, something like that. Uh, something weird, like. But, uh, and then he went to Sheffield United. Anyway. Yeah, well, we um, I've been I've been helping out with the West Brom under twenty three. doing a bit of coaching, and we played Sheffield United last week. And he he was there. I was chatting to him like it's same thing. Like just you know when you like you meet people from from back then, and it's like it's two thousand five. What's that? Sixteen years ago now. Like surreal, you, just, you just chat, 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 you just start chatting to them like it's two thousand six again. You know, like it's it's mental. Like it's really mad. I mean, um, I was just fast forward a, li- a little bit. Obviously, you you left Sheffield Wednesday at a time where 
again, finances weren't weren't great, were they? I mean, we we spoke to Brian to Brian Laws, who obviously came in. Um, obviously, he he didn't let he didn't want to let you go, but were it kind of out of his hands? I think so. Yeah. I, I, look, I think. No, Brad, I, I really, really liked Brian Laws. He was he was absolutely brilliant for me. Um, him and Russ were were class. Like, but I think that whole summer was sort of it was a bit of a shambles, really. You know, like we sort of we let a few lads go that should never let go, and you know, the, no disrespect, the lads they brought in they weren't as good as the lads they let go, and you know, they were sort of trying to get. Obviously, they were trying to get me to stay, and I think there was myself, Glenn, and Frankie Simic at the time as well, who who. He, he was brilliant, yeah, Frankie, and he, he had a real bad injury, I think, the following season. How much did you sell? How much but, did you go for, Chris? I think it was two and a half plus add-ons. Um, obviously, they've probably got all the add-ons, I'd imagine, because been unless they were getting the hundred quid a season off in West Brom, like for thirteen seasons. So, um, I think they, it must have been add-ons based on West Brom's promotion and stuff like that. So, I think I think they ended up getting about three million quid. Like, so obviously, it was it was good business for for the club, like. Did you want to leave, or or in case if you were told you were leaving? No, I was never told I was leaving. Like um, they offered me a contract, and then I turned it down, and then they sort of threw me under the bus a little bit by sort of saying I was asking for too much money, which was never really the case. Like because obviously I asked for a bit more money at the time, but it wasn't like it wasn't asking for astro- astronomical money. You know, it was Sheffield Wednesday who were in, in financial ruin. Like you know, I knew, yeah, I knew what I was doing, like and uh, what I was dealing with, and. I think at the time they needed to sell me. Really, like I think if 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 somebody put uh, Dave Allen and Calvin Walker back in the room, they'd probably say that they probably had to sell me. Like so, after a West Brom match, do you understand? understand do, you, do you look at Wednesday score first? Uh, you always look out for other teams. Yeah, I always look out for Sheffield Wednesday. I always look out for Middlesbrough. I always look out for Bristol City now as well. Obviously, I wasn't there for very long, and and then then I'd probably go Rangers because I used to support Rangers when I was a kid. And then what were you like at Bristol City then? That was good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but obviously. The, Playing in front of no fans and traveling up and down, and it was just like, I'd, oh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's rubbish playing with no fans in the stadium. It's, it's, you know, when you're sitting on the bench, and obviously the manager was brilliant with me, the coach, everybody, everybody was great. It's, it's a good club, you know, it's got a lot of potential. Like, but they just, do you think that's one of the reasons why you fell out of love for it a little bit? Because of the I think so, yeah. Oh, massively, yeah. You know, when you're sitting, so. I, when I signed, they said, "Look, well, obviously you're not going to be able to play every week because you're 35, 36." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's fine. I understand that. Like, no problem. Use me as you see fit." And you know, you're sitting on the bench, but you're not actually on the bench. Right? You're sat sitting ten rows back in the stand, and you think, "You know, it's just not the same." Like, you know, sitting in an empty stadium watching a game that's sort of and football. Like I said before, football's changed massively now as well. You know, when the the sort of the goalie passing at the centre half inside his own six yard box, and they're trying to play one twos around this centre forward. Crazy. Do you know yeah. what I'm just and but having no fans in the stadium sort of what's the word encourages that, doesn't it? You know, like because if there's yeah, yeah, a fan yeah. in the stadium and you start messing around, like you don't do it, do you? You sort of yeah, no, they get a bit nervous and they start to kick it exactly, off. yeah. And that's <laughs> like for me, like fair, like that, that's fair enough. If that's the way football's going and people want to do it and it works, that's that's great. Like I mean, I'm all for nice football, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's sort of, it's almost like your centre half has to be like a playmaker now, doesn't he? Like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's changed. It's changed massively for me. Like, and I, so I think that that didn't really help as well. I think I felt it a lot, a lot, a lot as well. Like, Chrissy, just going back quickly. Just sorry, just quickly going back to when you left Sheffield Wednesday for, like you said, three million. Did you have any other clubs that were interested in you as well? Good question, though. Yeah. Um. Well, Fulham, Fulham put a bid in. 
um, because Laurie Sanchez was the Fulham manager at the time and he was he had been the Northern Ireland manager and um, he signed uh, four, four, five lads from North, four lads from Northern Ireland. He signed Aaron Hughes, Chris Baird, David Healy, and Stephen Davis. And he tried to sign me as well. And uh, Sheffield Wednesday rejected the bid. And then they signed that. Do you remember Lee Cook from um, QPR, yeah. the wide, the winger? Lee Cook, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he signed him instead. So then um, West Brom, I'd played well against West Brom the two games the season before for Sheffield Wednesday. And we won both games. We beat them 3 1 at the half at uh, Hillsborough. And then beat them one nil near the end of the season on the Friday night. Uh, it was on telly. I think I got one on match, and uh, Tony Mowbray just he, my agent and Tony Mowbray are from the same sort of area up in the northeast. And my agent sort of he he knew that Tony was interested, and that sort of just obviously just went from there. Like now, obviously, when you were at West Brom, uh, obviously you played under two managers that have then since gone on to manage Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, one being uh, one being Darren Moore. Uh, Obviously, we'll get on to him in a minute. Uh, but then someone who we never got a chance to meet, what, one, because uh, of COVID and no fans in the stadium, and two, because he only lasted for uh, 10 games. That's that with Tony, Tony Pulis. Now, I think we're going to perhaps have a, a, a slightly different uh, perception of Tony Pulis uh, than, than yourself. Because you, you played, I look, you've played the most games under, under Tony, didn't you? I'm not sure whether our look will be different on him or not. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching him laughing, thinking, "What's happening here?" He did pick me every week, like yeah, more or less. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, he is what he is, and he like it's. <laughs> he's, you do what he says. You do what he wants you to do, or you don't play. Like that's that's just the way he was. Like, and yeah. but it, do, do you know what though? I think for when he came into West Brom like he was perfect he was exactly what we needed he was like old school he didn't give a shit what anybody thought he was like this is what we're going to do we're going to get results and we're going to stay in the league and obviously that's that's the, that's what you need in the Premier League for a team like West Brom and um, a smaller club like you like you are fighting you're fighting to get 40 points every season you know that's your that's your playoff spot or your Champions League spot or whatever it is like to get the 40 points and then you then you see what happens after that like so those first couple of seasons, he was he was exactly what we needed because we weren't like if he hadn't come in that season, we'd 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 have really struggled. Like I think because the recruitment was really poor in the summer, we signed a lot of like we signed we signed a lot of bad players to be totally honest. Like and and they weren't good. And he just came in and made everything so basic that he basically just ran around and did what he said. And we were really good offset plays, which obviously helped. Like obviously myself and. Uh, delivering Garth McCauley, Craig Dawson, people like that, Jonas Olsen, you know, lads that would go and head the ball. And, you know, that, that that effectively kept us up that season. But, you know, I, I think he's got a shelf life. Like, you know, I, I think we probably kept, he probably stayed at West Brown probably three or four months longer than what he should have done. They should have probably just parted by ways with him in the summer and he ended up there until sort of the October, I think. And, you know, it, it all just sort of spiralled out of control after, it went after to that 12 games and he stayed 11 games more than he should have done. <laughs> 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 yeah so obviously we've talked about Pulis but and the other one obviously uh, Darren Moore um, obviously he came he came in during the latter part of your time at West Brom didn't he um, again like how would you how would you describe him so because from from my point of view when he since he's coming at Sheffield Wednesday for me he's, he's like he's like a gentle giant he, he just you know he's got to know literally every single one in the club, you know, from yeah. reception, from kit guys to that, the chef, like basically everyone in the football club. 
that's exactly what he is. You know, he, he's he's the nicest guy ever. Like, you know, he'd do anything for anybody. And I think sometimes that that may hinder him a little bit, you know, because he's so keen to, you know, to, to get to know everybody and, and please everybody. Because as a manager, you've got to be, you've got to be ruthless as well, haven't you? Like, but, you know, he did really, really well when he took over, obviously after Alan Pardew left. You know, we were, we were in dire straits and he up. To be fair, he, he nearly he nearly pulled off the unthinkable, like of keeping us up. But it's funny you said that. Uh, you say about you know he's, he's, he's really nice in one of his first games uh, managing Sheffield Wednesday. He, he took Barry Bannon off, so you know I mean he's he's, he's not he's not too afraid. That's something that never happens, it, by the it, way. Barry Bannon he's, plays he's every to, he's minute. He's allowed to take him off, like. No but, if, no, but what I'm saying is Barry Bannon plays every minute of every game. Like nobody's nobody ever subs him off, and in his first couple of games, everyone's thinking, "What's happening here?" Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I suppose like it comes back to the championship as well. You can't play every minute of every game in that league, like especially well. What age is Barry now? 31, 32? That weren't the point, though, Chris. It weren't because of that. That, that it weren't because. Well, you just didn't want because he was crap. <laughs> well, no, he made him captain. He's to that as well. Made him captain, then took him off. But yeah. the thing is that what you love straight away was, but you didn't moan it. Just walked off, like and and yeah. high five each other stuff like. So it's a respect thing, isn't it? I think you've got to respect someone like him if he's got as big a thing downstairs as everyone says. Anyway. Well, you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't want to tell Darren Moore to fuck off, would you? Let's be honest. Well, you would. You'd say fuck off, but then you'd run. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to catch you. his knees. His knees, his knees, fuck. Um, nah, he's, look, he's he's brilliant. I, I think you know that season in the championship, we were, we we should have won the league that year by ten points. Like you know, there was us in Leeds with two. Like we had the best squad in the league, and we, you know, just similar to what we were talking about before passing it to the centre half in the, in its own in your own box and stuff like that you know we sort of we dicked around a little bit at the start of the season doing stuff like that and I think probably looking back at it Muro probably he's probably learned a lot from that experience you know and but uh, like going back to what you said at the start like he is just like he, he's a great guy you know he does a lot in the community around from because he's he's obviously from down this way around near West Brom and you know, he, he he knows everybody in the area and everybody's got massive respect for him and I think that that says a lot about the guy he is and I think he did obviously did a good job at Doncaster last year and then he obviously taking the Sheffield Wednesday job he was you know I was, it was you know, it was unfortunate to see what happened on the last day of the season obviously I, I, I watched it here and it could have went either way couldn't it? I, I was I was disappointed for him but obviously he started the season really well this year so that's that's a good thing and he knows that league well from when he was at Doncaster too yeah yeah, yeah. now another thing I want to touch on um, in the international career because uh, he's played quite a few games to Northern Ireland. Uh, you made your debut at, at just 19 years old, um, Laurie Sanchez, who, who gave you the call. I mean, can you can you remember when you found out that you were going to be playing for Northern Ireland when you got called up? Can you imagine being a Northern um, Ireland fan and seeing Brunt score all these screamers and then being like, oh my God, he's Northern Ireland, this is class. That begins to excited. And then actually seeing me play for Northern Ireland and they were disappointed. <laughs> Did you score with um, Northern Ireland? No, three times in sixty-five games. Were they all were they all good good goals like screamers? Um, uh, they were all from far out, like, but not not. Did you ever score right, we red, Chris? Did you ever score a goal we red? Yeah, not. Um, hey, he was good in the air, by the way. No, but no, I don't mean like that. Just because he's the one who crosses it in or scores the goals. Like, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't good in the air, um, heading for goal. Like, but I was. I was decent in the air, like flicking on and like defensively. I was all right, like, but no, nah, I was never really good. At, Scoring, I did score a few headers, but not 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 but many. Did you score like, a few like from corners? Yeah, a couple and la- towards, later on in my career. Towards, yeah. yeah, I was going to say towards the end of your career, I remember a few watching some bullet headers. Yeah, I but with nobody near me. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> I used to the be quick, the decoy. Quick movement. 
they used to put me in. They used to put me in the odd time as a, like a sort of decoy runner, but like uh, it was probably when Pulis was the manager, and he always had the same sort of set play sort of routine, and he used to just sort of vary the players. And if I wasn't taking it, I was usually because I was playing left back most of the time. I was usually at the back, but um, there was the odd time because <laughs> every player was over six foot three anyway, so I, I wasn't yeah. really needed in in the box most of the time. But when 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 we had a bit of a smaller lineup, I used to get thrown in the box. So yeah, look. That was all right in there. Like but. I'm just looking goals. San Marino, you scored against San Marino, which that's not really a big a big thing, is it? Really, everyone scores against. That uh, that's <laughs> everyone scores against San Marino. So I we're not. I'm not giving you that one. Uh, Azerbaijan, not another one. That's a gift. And uh, Czech Republic. There you go. Yeah. Um... So basically, two of them didn't count because they were against Azerbaijan and San Marino. So. I think they count. I'm saying they count twice. <laughs> the summary the summary one was a, like a freak across that went straight in at the back post. Well, they're all like postmen, aren't they? To the San Marino team. So uh... yeah, I tell you what, though, we 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 had them in our qualifying group um, in the last camp and I played for Northern Ireland, and we were played them away, and we were still nil nil after seventy minutes. And we won. To be fair, we batted them like they never got out of their own half, but we just couldn't score. Like we just, uh, and we won. We won three 0 in the end. And I always remember Mike O'Neill coming in afterwards, and he because we then I think we played Czech Republic on the Monday after that, and um, Mike O'Neill coming afterwards, he said, "All right, lads, get yourself sorted. Like make sure you cover properly from the game." Didn't really say much. He said, "I thought you were going to fuck that up." <laughs> just walked out. I remember just beating England. Out. Beat England, didn't they? When Beckham were playing for England, I remember that game when Northern Ireland won. No way. Uh, he scored. Uh, David Ealy. I was at Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday when that, I was on the bench that night. I never played. You played with Dion Burton and Tudgate, didn't you? Like that, Tudgate and yeah. Dion Burton. It's like the best. Just Dion Burton, it, the ball would be like so high. Where he just put his foot up and he just controlled everything. He just controlled everything, didn't he? It stuck to him. He's he's actually the 23s coach at West Brom at the minute, Dion. So uh, I'm sort of half half working with him at the minute. Yeah. You'll yeah, have yeah, to yeah, uh, put, put a good yeah, word in, Chris. Good. Get him on. Put a good word in Please. for us. I always yeah. ask people this that, that played with Tudgate. Do you know what Tudgate does now? He's a property developer, isn't he? No, well, he works on train lines. And that's why we love doing this, because when I spoke to him, he said he did it to, it to show his kids to not get on for free and life and stuff like that. It's just brilliant. Oh, yeah. That's why I love doing it. He says, I love it. At six, to, six o'clock to three in the afternoon, I go down there, banter this and that. He, he just, he would oh, really? It. Yeah, it was brilliant. I thought he... He was on Homes Under the Hammer, wasn't he? Him and his dad. Did he not buy like auction properties or something? I'm pretty you're sure. You're thinking Dion Dublin, aren't you? Dion Dublin, yeah. We have to. No, no, you're right. You're right. He definitely was. He definitely he was, was on he the. He was on the. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, he definitely's got a few properties. We said, what division are we Wednesday in? He didn't even know what division we're in. He don't like football. He literally don't like it. And we said, what did you do when you scored that goal at Bramble Lane against United and the Chinese? Like, it just, it, 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 it just, it was just a, a good footballer. Just a good footballer. And he, yeah. he for a small player, he could jump high. Yeah, he was good in the air, took it, yeah. I've got this ready. I've been trying to play it for ages. So, right, you ready? This is it. My first ever away game. Side in front of the Wednesday fans. Speared in by Simek. Bogueras up there trying to leave the ball on and laid off now to Brunt, 25 yards up. Brunt left foot. Oh, what a goal! Chris Brunt, stutter in the second half. Over 25 yards out. A thunderbolt top right-hand corner. And Wednesday well in control now. Quality. Quality. You know when you don't go to matches and you listen to them like as a kid on, on radio... You, that that guy just listening to you, yeah. just, 
you know, even you now, like, you're, you're not on a Wednesday fan, obviously, but listening back there, it's just they're so passionate. And I, you, you listen on radio, and if I didn't go to that game and I'm listening to that, and you're going to Chris Bond, 25 yards, like, don't, you're just running around the living room. But I saw them, my first ever game, and I seen that, and then straight from kickoff, Tudgett, it was just surreal. Like, you can't, yeah. it, it, it never, ever happen again, ever. Apart from Millwall. Do you know who that was against? Leicester, run it. Yeah, the fourth, because he scored that. Then they scored a right looking deflection. Ian Hume, it was. And then Crossley yeah. were in there. And then Wheeler scored a scream. And then straight from kickoff, Tudgay scored straight from the kickoff. Yeah. But the other one with Millwall away, mate, when, when um, was, I was 16 and I'm still mixed up Millwall fans. And I'm like, yeah, right on me. And then I'm wearing Stone yeah. Island jump, all that shit, but shitting myself. And then they scored from corner and Lee Bullen had to go in net. And then it was disallowed, we, wasn't it? Yeah, disallowed. And they're all giving me shit. Well, not me. They're giving all fans shit. And yeah. as they're giving a shit, we're all like, look, look at pictures. It's been cancelled. And then Simic does that fluky, weird goal that goes in. Oh, it was the worst as, goal ever. As, as they're celebrating, we're celebrating. Oh my God, that feeling. Yeah. Something else I want to um, talk about, which is probably a bit of a sore subject, but Euro, to, uh, Euro 2016. Obviously, you uh, you missed that we uh, we injury. Mm. Um, I think I know what you're gonna gonna say, but you, like you must have been gutted. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, I think I always tried to sort of look at it like I was always really lucky with injuries in my career. I never really had anything too serious. I think the most I was ever out before that was about ten weeks. Uh, I fractured my ankle, and. Um, it's just one of those things, just shit timing, wasn't it? Like, you know, considering like all the times you've been away with, with international trips and like we were really bad for a couple of seasons as well. Like, you know, like like you're going to places like we went to Estonia one night and got beat 4-1 by Estonia and like, you know, we got absolutely battered as well and you were thinking like, what am I... Like I was playing week in, week out in the Premier League and then going away to Estonia with Northern Ireland and getting beat 4-1, you know, you're thinking like, what am I doing? But yeah, and then it comes around and that, and that happens. But I think as well though, like, you know, you see a lot of people coming up to the tournament and then they're training for the tournament and then they pull a hamstring or something and they miss out with like a shitty little niggle or something like that. At least I knew straight away like it was, it wasn't happening, you know, and it sort of, it gave me the focus, like it, it just, I was able to just focus on getting fit again after that. And to be, to be totally honest, it probably, in hindsight, it probably helped me because it gave me eight months to go in the gym and get a bit stronger and probably prolong, probably, probably add an extra year or two on to my career, to be totally honest. Chrissy, I've got a couple of questions. Who was the best player you played with at Sheffield Wednesday? What a question. Good question, yeah. Got to be Bez Weathery, can it? <laughs> or I don't think I ever played with You said, did you play, did you play with Adamson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you know, he was unbelievable. He was brilliant in training. And then the couple of games he played, he just sort of, he, didn't, he just fell apart in the games. Like, I don't know why. He was, he was a good, he was a good goalie, like. Really? Um, yeah, he was, yeah. Chris Hamilton. Yeah. It must it must it must be it must be jealousy because he's such a good looking because he's so good looking that everything. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, you weren't your wingman, were they? When you went out. No, 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 no. Um he lived he still lived he travelled up and down. He lives down this way somewhere, I think, down uh, Birmingham direction. But um yeah, pro- probably Glenn Whelan, like uh, uh, I always thought Steve McLean was a really good player as well. Like he just sort of JP McGovern. I think yeah, JP was decent. Yeah, those couple of seasons. Obviously, he didn't sort of. He never really sort of kicked on after those couple of seasons, did he? he sort of. Um, I can't really over remember what happened to him after. He didn't. He have a bit of a back injury or something, and never, he never really got going again. thirty four, I think, when he came in that that season. You don't think about that at all because he just seems to have been like, "Where's he forever done it?" Well, the amount of goals yeah. he scored in that in that season where we got yeah. promoted, I think he had like 
just well, not just behind but McLean, but anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was good players like and you know lads that probably didn't get probably recognised as much as they, they they maybe could have or maybe just didn't have as much you know weren't as lucky in the careers as as, as maybe I was or or like Glenn obviously got this move and then Stoke obviously done well for for years in the Premier League as well like so. Oh, like Steve, Steve McLean. Can I ask what you want to do now, Chris? What you want to do now? Do you want to be involved in football? <laughs> Not at the minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I probably will in some shape or form. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't. What side of it? I, I, I Are you don't enjoying know. coaching at the moment? It's, yeah, it's all, it's all right. Like, it's it's like uh, it's different. Like, obviously, it's sort of. I quite enjoyed. There was a few times last year when I was doing it back in the last season that they I, I joined in the session and sort of I felt because a lot of clubs are starting to do that now aren't they? they've they've got like training coaches almost mm. and like obviously I don't know whether you need to still be reasonably fit to do that you probably have to actually train properly to be be any good at that like but I, I actually felt it probably I was more beneficial to the younger lads doing something like that like joining in with them and like sort of tactical stuff and things like that just to make but I, I think it's hard as well when you're sort of you're a development player and it's like, you know, there's different sides of things. Whereas, you know, if you're a first team player, you just want to do the right thing to help you win a match, don't you? Whereas if you're trying to develop somebody, you've got to obviously look at a lot of other aspects. So it's trying to get that sort of... Have you never thought about like playing conference or like even not, not even conference, like whatever level you're at? Do you want me to have a word at Grimsby? <laughs> and that's too far from getting down, I'm not me. Don't know. I'll, uh, if you're playing in, in and around the Midlands, I'll maybe ch- turn up like. So why why do you play um, though, Chris? Do you think it's well? Do we obviously do? But it's just definitely time. I've had enough. Like, yeah, I've had enough. And I think obviously you could look. I probably could have. I probably could have sneaked in all year somewhere and like just dropped down a couple Chris, of divisions. Like, but... I've got to put in here because honestly, I reckon you know going back to Wednesday right now. Honestly, I could see it. You know, in League One, <laughs> I could do. I could. I could see it. When we went down to League One, I could see it. Like just that. Finishing off your career where it started, it taking us back up. I could see it. Sure, I would have. That would, it would have been a nice way to finish, obviously. Like, but um, I, would I you think have called? Could have offered your contract. Just drop Darren a text. Year. Just drop him a text. He'll, he'll get you in. There's a couple of couple of that week left on window, isn't there? Would, yeah, you get you in. would you have come? And do you think you could? Do you think you could play week in week out in League One? Nah, I'm not nowhere near fit enough. I'd need to. You'd, I've not done any training for been six months, like. You'd need to do a pre-season. Nah, I couldn't do it. Like, and I think it's, it was more like, for me, it was more sort of life in general at the minute. Like, you know, from like, being at home on the weekends and having that six months at the end of the season last year when I wasn't playing after I left Bristol City um, and being at home every weekend with the kids and stuff and being able to do stuff for them that I was never able to do before. Like that, that was just, that sort of became more important to me than, than actually playing football. And, you know, sort of, you know, as you drop, like, I've been very lucky, obviously, with the career I've had, and 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 obviously what I've earned and stuff like that. So uh, they drop down um, a few divisions and play for you know at, at the weekends. It sort of outweighed. Uh, it it gave more, made more sense to me. It, it, it sort of it didn't really add up like the, for what I was going to miss out with the kids every week. You know, sitting on a bus going to uh, London to play and sort of. <clears throat> to play lower down like when you're not used to doing that uh, with no disrespect to the lads that do it if that makes sense so it was just it just meant it meant more to me to be at home with the, the kids and the, yeah. the missus at this time in my life like brilliant right now uh, you've probably seen we've joined by a few other people as well these you know our, uh, patrons that have uh, that listen to all these uh, these interviews so we invite invite some along um, now has anyone got any uh, 
questions that you want to uh, that you want to want to ask if you want to unmute is it, is yourself there more people on here is there yeah yeah we've got a few of it, got a few other, <laughs> other guys on so uh, and girls yeah there's um, yeah Nutty have you got a uh, well welcome first and foremost I know what you mean. Like, like we said it was Semedo. We said it was Semedo, just somebody that's that's be a good role model, somebody that, that's there, that's been there and done it, and that pe- people would want to go to the club with and stuff like that because of people like that we experience. That I, I know what he means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't, it's not a chance, mate. There's not a chance in Albany. It's not even wages. I'll let, I'll let Chrissy answer this one. <laughs> um, I'd just say yes. <laughs> I think it's like squads squads are massively important. Like I, I think we spoke about um, when you were speaking about Barry Banner earlier, like, you know, you can't, especially in those leagues as well, you, like nobody can play 46 games like every minute of every game. If you can, like fair, fair play to you. Like, I mean, it's, it's a tough ask, but like Steve to McLean. be able to... <laughs> Steve McLean couldn't definitely not he, um, but like you, you have to have people like that sort of like you saying about experience people and stuff like that like yeah that is important I think you have to have somebody about the place but you know, obviously like, at the minute Sheffield Wednesday Barry's probably that guy isn't he like you know he's the, he's the sort of experience one the, the one that people are probably looking up to but I think it, it just depends what you each well, game is different in, in those leagues. Like you need somebody to come off the bench and be able to add that spark. And if like, and then all of a sudden you'll be asked, like, well, why is he not starting? But like sometimes players are better suited to coming off the bench, especially in that league. Like 
Well, not Nutty, sorry. Do you do you think that Sheffield Wednesday are missing that experienced player then? Do you think they need an experienced one in, in the team? Or around it? We've got Ochin Bannon now. We've got a lot of leaders. We do. Domay Alpha. Domay Alpha's a leader. Hutchinson's a leader. Bannon's a leader. Um, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Patterson's like one. And all Windass has got his... his I, I think all, they all have done. Dunkley's a character. He's invincible, though, mate. <laughs> He's never missed a game, has he? He's never missed a game, mate, ever. For injury. Yeah, that's all right. Now uh, we've also got Ben on. Ben, have you? It's all, it's all right. Uh, ben, have you got a question for uh, for Chris? Oh, I thought I wasn't too bad. Did you not see my penalty against Ozil? <laughs> you know, you know, somebody were yeah, all right. True, yeah. Somebody were all right. We were very. It's, it's a miss. Etienne Asayas. He had a good strike. They signed him. They signed him just after I left. I think Ross they? Wallace. Ross Wallace. He was good. Yeah, Ross Wallace. He was good. Yeah, Ross, effort, was yeah. good. Ross was very good. Yeah, not Reach. Adam Reach. I yeah, think, Adam like, had a good left peg. But I think the game now, though, like I was saying earlier, it is so fast, though, and everybody just look, everybody looks for pace. Though, like um, almost like scoring goals offset plays is almost like not it's not sexy enough now, is it? Like you know, like I mean, yeah, you need it, to have forty-five. Just, you need to have forty-five no passes. Yeah, a couple of no better couple than a cross from a free kick and a bullet heading corner that you don't see him anymore. Yeah. I, well, I agree because that was about all I could do. Like so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's all tactical, isn't it? Like you know, it's sort of. I think a lot of it gets it's it's manager against manager and who's sort of cleverer a lot of the time, isn't it? It's not really a lot of the time. It's sort of the players are sort of lost in a sort of tactics battle, aren't they? Like you know, whereas. You know, at the end of the day, it's 11 v 11, isn't it? And you just, same, it goes back to the same thing again. It doesn't really matter how you win. Like, if you come off the pitch knowing you've won, everybody goes home happy on a Saturday afternoon or whenever it is, and all the players are happy, all the fans are happy. Job done, isn't it? Excellent. No, it's, look, it's 
There's so much pressure on football f- football people and football players now as well, though, isn't there? Like, you know, it's so, especially over the last 18 months, I think is what I think over the last 18 months as well, it's probably emphasized how important football is to this country and the and the world, really. Like, you know, it, like it's the first thing more or less to come back after all the COVID stuff. And like all of a sudden everybody's watching football, every game's on TV, every game's televised somewhere, like there's highlights everywhere, there's no hiding place, social media, like you can't you can't really afford to it's hard to be yourself, isn't it? Really? Like, you know, it's hard to make a mistake. And like if you do make a mistake then and if you've obviously if you're on social media and stuff like that, you've got to be really thick skinned as well. Like so it is, it's just it's a tough environment. Like I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be a young kid trying to trying to go through now. Like you know, the the amount of sort of you see, even at working at West Brom, you know, you see the the young lads in training after training asking for photographs of their social media, asking for their this, that and the other. Like you know, it's almost it's almost like it's more important to do that than it is to actually just get on with being a football yeah. player, if that makes sense. No, hundred yeah. percent. But that's why also I think Chris, you said it earlier, these top, top players, you've got to give them so much credit for doing it season in, season out. Do you know what I mean? Dealing with that pressure and being able to mentally, you know, get through that. Mm. Oh massively, yeah. yeah. And you think oh sorry, hold on, my little lad's trying to FaceTime me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's not bad. Like he's gonna, he's just gonna keep following me. Two seconds. I'm gonna have to answer this. <laughs> dad, Dad, shut up! <laughs> Trying to play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna no, wrap but, it up. No, but honestly, going back to it, I honestly think that fifty percent of it is mental with footballers, in the sense of that we a lot of like, we can all play. Like, of course, I'm like more players have better ability than others but it's mentally how you can deal with the pressure playing in front of 50 like you said you're playing in Man United how much pressure is there 60 65,000 70,000 every every week uh, as as a player you have to deal with that do you know what I mean and it's it's hard it's really hard and that's why I give them honestly I know a, a lot of fans say yeah but they're footballers they get paid a lot of money but there's a lot of pressure that comes with being a footballer no, I know that man I can't even, I can't even imagine That's good. That I like that. So it's a, yeah. see, that's why that's why that's why I love to even doing it. Message I've got is mad, and then even you saying there that made you talk to your missus. That's. No, brilliant. Right, um, I'm going to wrap it up there because we've been on uh, quite quite a while. Uh, first of all, Chris. Massive, massive thanks for coming on. Um, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You know, you've been uh, been fantastic. I hope everyone, uh, you know, well, first of all, I hope you've enjoyed it. No, no problem. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was great to great to relive all the old things. You know, you sort of you forget about them. It goes by very quickly. Like we spoke about earlier. You sort of it's nice to it's nice to think about them again because you know at the end of the day, now I've retired as well. That's pretty. That's all I've got left. Isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've had so we had so many people, you know, asking us. Just obviously, we spoke to so many people already, but you know, get Chris Brunt on. Can you get Chris Brunt on? I want to hear from you. So uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, uh, a lot of people listening to this one. So uh, yeah, from from me and everyone, you know, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, top oh, brilliant. Th- thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm just doing. A, I'm doing. I'm doing a personal thank you before you go, Chris, because I love you so fucking much, mate. And thank you so much for being on. Um, Chris, just before yeah. you go, I'm going to try and uh, speak to Grimsby and see if we can sort out your travel expenses. <laughs> Couple of helicopters. Helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris, would you have a word with Dion for as well, Dion Burton? Would because I would like to have him on. Yeah, I'll speak to him. Yeah, no problem, mate. No problem. No. I, I, I would imagine he. I would imagine he'd be up for that. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, have you not stalked him yet? Have you not? Harassed him but on see, Twitter Giles, or Instagram. You've got a whole podcast without trying to be funny and you've just fucking ruined it, haven't you? Hey, listen, all I'm saying is... <laughs> all I'm saying is he's, in my, people, he's in my driveway here. I've just given him a lot of door. Excellent. You're, you're editing that out because now I look like a fucking dipstick. James, Eddie out. <laughs> no, it's staying in that bit. That's staying in. That's in the outtakes. <laughs> Chris, thanks a lot, right. pal. Yeah, cheers, no, Chris. Top man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very Anytime. much. Thank you. No thanks, problem. Lads. See you later.